stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the third ever show of All Around Sports, where each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the wide world of sports to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will begin each show with the past week's highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that fascinate us all. And today is a very special show where I am coming live to you from New York City, where last night I attended the first round of the NFL draft, which has always been high on my bucket list, and last night was the first time I ever attended, and it was spectacular. It exceeded all my expectations. Uh, I've watched it like you all have for years and years on TV and always thought it was a fascinating-looking event. And uh, But to be there last night was just beyond my wildest expectations. Uh, it was much louder and rowdier than it could ever, ever come across on TV. Uh, the excitement was not in any way, shape, or form tempered by the lockout, and instead uh, the atmosphere was pulsating, the excitement was palpable, and it was truly just a frenetic atmosphere throughout the evening, which really got off to quite a start, uh, setting the scene at Radio City Music Hall, which is where it was held, of course, and the NFL started out, uh, as they always do, first class with a red carpet event on 6th Avenue between 50th and 51st Street. So uh, basically, 6th Avenue, one of the main thoroughfares of America, was completely cordoned off, as were the two side streets. And uh, so the most of the first round picks uh, came up in limos, got out, and then moved along the red carpet, which was packed with media, as you would expect, as well as right behind where the media, including myself, were standing, was then another platform with fans from all teams, uh, 
the jerseys are incredible. Everybody's in the area of Midtown Manhattan, it seems, is wearing some team's jersey from Isaac Bruce of the Rams to Joe Namath of the Jets and everybody in between. Clearly, all 32 teams are very well represented. So as each pick pulled up, uh, there was loud cheers, boos, and reaction from the crowd, which was, again, just literally right on top of the media. So then uh, the picks were just moving down the red carpet, talking to the multitude of media hordes that were there with microphones, cameras, you name it, notebooks, peppering them with all types of questions. And, uh, and of course, they were very, very excited, the picks themselves. And there was the most ever picks last night at the NFL draft, uh, approximately 25 or so, which far exceeded any previous amount, which I think was 17 was the previous highest number of picks. So again, I'll reiterate the lockout did not in any way, shape or form affect last night's draft, except quite possibly right at the beginning, uh, as we move inside radio city, uh, Again, it's just set up with the state. It doesn't look anything like it does for a Rockette show, which I've uh, attended in the past. And it's completely cleared out for the first. There's the stage right in front of the stage where all the teams um, each set up with a table to make their picks, what have you, communicate back with their war rooms throughout America. And then behind that is the media rows, which are probably about 10, 12 rows deep, spanning the entire width of Radio City Music Hall. So many, many hundreds of media. And the NFL, as it often does, took great care of me. They gave me an aisle seat. And uh, I was literally standing right behind where the NFL network was interviewing each pick uh, a few minutes after they were selected. So that was pretty exciting in that uh, I could literally practically reach out and touch the pick. I was within two to three feet of each of these interviews. So uh, that was just a great vantage point to be located. And uh, so back where, you know, I said earlier, um, now that I've set the stage, the lockout really had no effect except when the commish, Roger Goodell, first came on the stage, he was roundly and loudly booed and... He handled it just beautifully. He rather he basically interacted with the crowd, saying what they wanted to hear, which was that he wanted football too. And then uh, the fans started chanting, "We want football!" And it was again loud, as uh, Radio City just has acoustics that reverberate, and it was just incredible how loud it got. And then. Uh, Finally, it died down as he uh, got ready to make the first pick. And once he did that, <clears throat> that was it. It was like from that moment on, it was pretty much like the lockout never happened. There was occasional minor booing when Goodell came to the podium for subsequent picks throughout the evening. But it was really quite tempered and uh, a non-factor, shall we say. So once he got started... Uh, you know, making the picks, the first pick, of course, was Cam Newton. And uh, Cam Newton, by the way, was also the first athlete to come out on the red carpet. And he was utterly swarmed 
And the red carpet, by the way, was occurring at about 6.15, 6.30 in advance of the draft, which began at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So Roger, uh, Roger Goodell uh, announced Cam Newton as the first pick, although I don't think it was much of a surprise to anyone. Uh, Cam Newton himself said that he didn't know he was going to be picked for sure until he got the phone call about uh, three minutes prior to uh, Goodell making the announcement. So from there on, it was just an absolute ultra, ultra high energy evening. Uh, it, it truly is uh, a night that dreams come true. Uh, I sort of picked it up a bit on the red carpet as the picks were literally smiling ear to ear. And But once inside, after the pick had been made, as they're coming down the aisle right past me, uh, it was just an incredible, incredible atmosphere of excitement, relief, emotion, and just really a wonderful, wonderful setting that, again, I was fortunate enough to experience, and you can really only experience by being there. Uh, truly, truly an electric atmosphere. And probably the uh, the biggest emotion of the night, cheering, shall we say, was when uh, Commissioner Goodell Traded out with approximately 20 or so members of the media or members of the military, and they lined up across the stage, and the entire Radio City Music Hall was standing, every single person there, clapping, chanting USA, USA. It was almost like being at the Olympic hockey game in 1980, and uh, and the commissioner then literally shook every single hand of each member of the military that was there. And it was just really, truly, uh, the, the highlight of the evening and ran chills up everyone's spine to say the least. And, uh, you know, beyond that, um, I would say the biggest shock of the night, the biggest reaction was when, uh, Christian Ponder was picked by the Vikings. Uh, that seemed to come as quite a surprise and probably the other biggest reaction which preceded ponder was when uh jake locker was selected by the jaguars that also drew quite the gasp inside the arena and um but other than that you know it was just uh it all moved very very quickly it really seemed like it was uh you know the quickest draft ever from what i could tell it just seemed like the picks they were allowed 10 minutes but the picks were really coming on average what it felt like four or five minutes but you know that that may have been part of uh being there shall we say because there was so much swirling about when you were there i mean every most people were standing not a lot of people sitting except the media who were there typing on their computers on their laptops and uh it was great music playing in other words a lot of times they were playing uh the fight songs, if you will, of the various teams or songs that the cities are known for, like when the Kansas City Chiefs picked, they were playing the Tomahawk Chop song, which was great. And then they followed up with the uh, famous Kansas City song. You know, when the Steelers picked, they were playing the uh, the Polish uh, the Polish songs that are so famous down in Pittsburgh and. So it was really, again, you know, and then just great, uh, you know, just great music throughout uh, 
So it really added a lot to the evening, and it was like a gigantic combination of a networking event, a party, cheering, you know, elements of almost like being at a game. So it was really uh, just truly, uh, you know, a once in a lifetime event. Uh, you know, I was so happy to be there. Uh, the picks themselves, their emotion was just incredible. Many of them had large amounts of family highlighted by far by Nick Farrelly of the uh, national championship Auburn team. He is one of 11 children. And after he got picked and was up on the stage, there were, uh, there had to be 30 or 40 members of the Farrelly clan up there. Everybody was talking about it. I mean, it felt like it literally took up half the stage at radio city, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen so many smiles ear to ear of the picks themselves, their family members. It was just really, uh, you know, an incredibly emotional scene. And when you think about it, I mean, these guys have worked their entire life for last night when they finally, you know, achieve the dream, they live the dream. And once they get, uh, once they sign their contracts, they're finally going to get paid for all the blood, sweat, and tears that they've, uh, put forth throughout most of their lives. And, the Jets fans were probably the highlight of the evening, as has always come across on TV. They were just uh, cheering loud and often. At the end, they were cheering for Anquan Bolden to be a pick. Uh, it was not their pick, but they didn't seem to mind. So that brings us to the end of the first segment. And uh, as always, uh, it's time to pay some bills. So we're going to take our break. And next on our show will be our guest, Barry Rubenstein from the Sports Department of the New York Post newspaper. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle 
starring Lemont Williams with co-host John Inglesby. Each week, join Lemont and John as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners. And uh, to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me, John Inglesby, at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we invite guests to join us on All Around Sports. So I would like to introduce Barry Rubenstein from the sports department of the New York Post newspaper, uh... I'm here in New York City, as I said, covering the NFL draft, and Barry is also en route to New York City, where he'll be working at the New York Post tonight. And uh, Barry, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. appreciate you joining us again, and uh, I'm anxious to get your thoughts on the NFL draft after having watched it on TV last night. Yeah, a little, little different perspective uh, than, than you had for sure. But um, you know, you, you get a you know between uh, switching back and forth between ESPN and the NFL Network, you, I think you get pretty well uh, pretty well covered uh, from both those angles. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know the NFL as usual puts on a on a great show, and you know, especially uh, you know maybe a little little trepidation right from the start given the labor situation, but uh, you know, I think the fans getting that out of their system pretty quickly and then uh, after that it was uh, you know pretty much all football but uh, you know I, I think that if you're looking for I think one one area or one surprise or one thing that kind of stands out in the whole draft I think you kind of have to go with uh, with the big trade the Falcons made to trade up for uh, for Julio Jones I mean they gave up four picks to this guy I mean it's not like they they don't have any firepower on that offense uh, with Matt Ryan and Roddy White but uh, Imagine if uh, if this kid pans out, you know, then you're talking about a real powerhouse offense there. Um, you know, of course, the downside is, you know, if uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him now because they give so much, so many picks for him, and uh, you know, I, could, I think there might have been some questions about maybe uh, his catching ability, uh, problems dropping passes uh, last year at Alabama a little bit, but uh, you know, apparently the, the Falcons were in love with him. Uh, because they they really wanted to trade up pretty far and give up a lot to get him, so you know time will tell with that one for sure. But um, you know I, I think that uh, a lot of obviously the quarterbacks are a big deal this year. You know uh, four taken right away. Um, you know I'd like to get get you know your feelings on it too because I, I think that uh, I was a little surprised that Jake Locker went as high as he did, and I was a little surprised that Blaine Gabbert went as low as he did just given uh, what we had seen and heard 
before the draft. You know, a lot of people uh, liking Gabbert more than actually Cam Newton, who was the first overall pick. So, uh, you know, pressure the blocker. I saw him a couple times this year playing TV, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the, the Titans obviously like what they saw of him, and, uh, you know, Gabbert, I think, is in a good situation in Jacksonville, gets learned behind David Garrard, and uh, he was interviewed after he was drafted. He was very, um, you know, uh, very much honored to be picked and said, you know, I'm looking forward to learning from Gerard and, you know, maybe he'll be, he may wind up uh, challenging him for that job a lot sooner than, than a lot of people think. Oh, no question about it, Barry. And yes, it was a big night for uh, quarterbacks and a big night for Alabama, who I had, I believe, four picks taken in the first round. And it's interesting you would mention uh, Julio Jones because he was on the red carpet last night and had a chance to speak with him briefly. And this side of Cam Newton, no one there exhibited more star power than Julio Jones. He was just, you know, decked out, wearing a bow tie, and, uh, you know, he has the long dreads, and he really, again, just radiated star power. So uh, if his game's as good as his strut, uh, there's no question he is going to do some special things there. And with a quarterback like Matt Ryan to work with, uh, nothing would surprise me. And he had, you know, quite a career, as we all know. I mean, he made some, you know, pretty big plays and some pretty big games, to say the least, for the Crimson Tide. And, uh, you know, as far as the quarterbacks go, yeah, I mean, it just underscores the importance of the quarterback position in the NFL, which is the most important position in all of sports. And, uh, you know, these guys were, you know, just so excited last night. I mean, they know that they're almost being handed the keys to the car, and they were acting like that. They were acting literally like a 16-year-old kid when uh, the father gives him the keys to the car for the first time when Goodell was hugging them. And let me just take a side note. And Goodell was very warm, shall we say, in his greeting and interaction with each of the picks as they come up on stage. And uh, it was all, again, really, really cool, to say the least. But, yeah, uh, quarterbacks are going to be, you know, the fortunes of the franchises are going to rest with these guys. And uh, clearly, uh, you know, these guys are going to be, running their teams probably in the not-too-distant future. So, yeah, it was great. So were you switching back and forth between NFL Network and ESPN? or? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think mostly ESPN, but uh, you know, I just wanted to see what the NFL Network was doing. I mean, and each, I think each network, you know, had kind of had, had their strengths. And, you know, one, some, some things one did better than the other. But, you know, I think switching back and forth, you, know, you definitely got a, a pretty, pretty – uh, much clearer, complete picture of, uh, of what was going on, um, was going on at Radio City. Um, you know, you talk about quarterbacks, um, you know, uh, for, for, uh, four quarterbacks in the first 12 picks, and obviously you're going to probably have a, you're going to have a lot, a lot more talk about quarterbacks tonight because you have guys that are really highly regarded like Andy Dalton and, uh, Colin Kaepernick and Ryan Mallett, and they're all still, still out there. So, you know, a lot of people are projecting, uh, Dalton especially to go in the first round. So uh, you know, there's if their teams still looking for quarterbacks, you know, they think they're going to have a, a pretty good shot at getting uh, somebody pretty good. And, uh, and we we spoke briefly about uh, Ryan Mallett last week, and you know, a lot of the uh, pre-draft prognosticators were kind of questioning, you know, some of his, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, his reputation off the field. So you know, and they 
I, I think these teams really, with, with the tests they do with these kids these days, with the Wonderlick tests and personality tests and all and everything they run on these kids, um, you know, I, I, I think that there were a lot of teams that obviously had some questions about uh, about a quarterback like Mallet. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how far he falls before somebody somebody will take him. You know, he'll certainly be a draft choice, probably. Uh, you know, in the, in the upper rounds, but it, it just, it, it's going to be very interesting to see where he gets taken. Absolutely. And Ryan Mallett uh, has been in the American sports consciousness for a couple of years now. We all remember him at Michigan. You know, you can't forget him when he's uh, doing what he does at six foot eight. And basically, you know, when Lloyd Carr left and Rich Rod came, he chose to transfer down to Arkansas, which, of course, had just brought in Bobby Petrino to the chance of. Suey Pig, we all remember that news conference when he exited out of uh, the Atlanta Falcons job. So Ryan Mallett is a tough one to figure. Uh, you know, th- th- there's just this undercurrent of whisperings about him, uh, so-called character issues. Apparently he missed an appointment with the team uh, within the past couple of weeks. Uh, so he never, like, crosses the line. We're not talking arrests or anything like that, uh, but we are talking about just this undercurrent that seems to follow this guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, but he's a fascinating figure, and he's the kind of guy that, you know, if he gets it all together and gets working with the right people, right coaches and organization, he, he could really be something special because physically he has all the tools and he's played in a lot of big games. He's, not a, he's definitely not scared of the big stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, certainly he has the physical tools. I don't think anybody questions that. And, and, and as you said, it's a very good point that, uh, you know, when you get, if, if the right organization takes him, an organization that, that you know, is really going to work with him and, and work on maybe some of the discipline issues and, and some of the other things, he could really blossom. You know, I've, you know, we've seen plenty of examples of that in the past. And, you know, it, it is funny. I mean, you've, I think if you get two guys with equal talent, uh, and equal things going for them, but you know, you, you might they might have some other other issues that need to be tweaked or corrected. Uh, you know, a lot depends on where they go and, and who takes them. And you know, some organizations are known for their hands-on approach uh, in that kind of situation. Others are not. So uh, you know, it all it, a lot depends on on who takes them, and, and then that will allow them to either thrive or to wind up uh, like say a Ryan Leaf, which nobody. To the direction nobody really wants to go in. Exactly, exactly. He's the all-time poster child of uh, failed draft picks, shall we say. And, hey, let me ask you this, Barry. A big part yeah. of the buzz last night on the floor at Radio City was that the players were being shown on the phone prior to Goodell making the announcement that they were selected, i.e. they were giving it away. When you saw a player on the phone, you knew he was going to be the next pick. Is that what was being shown on uh, on the two networks, or or not, or was it more just a live feed at Radio City? There was a lot of debate about that last night. No, they were they were showing that, and uh, you know they were really you know a, a lot. There was a, actually a lot of um, kind of one not kind of wonderment, but you know they were they were that's what they were looking for because you know these are news organizations after all, and they are you know putting on a show, and you know while it's entertainment, it's also news too. So you know that that. That did seem to be the dead giveaway, didn't it? You know, whenever you saw somebody on the phone with either with uh, the personnel director or the general manager, I, I believe most of the time it's the coach that they talk to. Um, right. And, you know, and then you see them 
smiling, and you know, when 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 that team's on the clock, you pretty much know that's the direction it's going in. And uh, you know, usually, and, and on, on the flip side, when you don't see that and the clock is winding down, you kind of think, okay, well, there's probably going to be a trade or something along those lines. Um, or in the case of of the Ravens, uh, no pick at all. So um, right. Yeah, Good point. yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it, it is. It, it does kind of take away a little bit of the suspense factor. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's a way to, to to get around that for next time. But you know, if 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 they're if they're looking to break that news as soon as possible before the team picks, then you know, let, let's go ahead and, and show that. But uh, yeah, I mean, what what were people saying last night? Were people upset with it, or people just kind of saying that took took the suspense out of it? Yeah, they took. They thought it took the suspense out of it. Uh, everybody was, you know, ninety nine percent sure it was. That's what was being shown, of course, on the networks. But, you know, knowing the NFL as I do, and having covered them throughout my career, I can't imagine that they are going to allow that to continue. Because, you know, and I recognize fully news news organizations wanting to get the news out as soon as possible. But what was happening was was once you saw the guy on the phone, and even I did this, I mean, that was it, so that when the commissioner strode to the podium within a minute or two after the guy was being shown on the phone, people weren't even, people weren't even listening and watching. They, they just knew. Or, or if they paused for a second for silence to let the commissioner speak and make the pick... You know, it was just sort of an afterthought just to, like, verify that, okay, the guy he just announced that the guy I just saw on the phone is the guy that was just picked. So it was pretty strange. Again, uh, I really have problems expecting the NFL to allow that to continue because it's just, uh, let's face it, it's, it's undercutting the boss. You know, he, he is the man. This is his moment. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, that reaction of him announcing that pick. So yeah, I agree. yeah it, I, I think it is an interesting debate because, you know, like, like we said, you know, you want to, you know, get the news out as quick as possible, but you know, really, what, what are you, what are you saving? You know, maybe 30 seconds, a minute, maybe. And, and like you said, it's very, it's very uh, anticlimactic uh, at that point. Once, uh, once the commissioner goes up to the podium and you already know who, you already know who, the, who that team is taking. So, you know, maybe there is a way around that. Maybe, uh, maybe the league, can talk next year about maybe, okay, let's try to maybe get away from some of these guys talking on the phone shots right before they're going to be drafted, just, just to kind of um, uh, you know, add to some of the suspense, at least for the people watching at home on TV, which obviously is the vast uh, majority of the audience. Yeah, that, that might be something that, uh, that they might want to discuss moving forward for next year and beyond. Well, or maybe even for tonight. The NFL maybe. works quickly on these things, so that's uh, something to you know, be interested in watching tonight, and I will be there tonight as well for rounds two and three. But it's now time for uh, for us to take our break, and when we return, Barry fortunately is going to stick around, and we're going to talk a little NBA and NHL playoffs. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Mother's Day is coming, and we're going to tell you what women want. On Hand is Girl's Guide to Guns, Natalie Foster, She's So Fly, Sherry Russell, NRA's Diane Danielson, and Shoots Like a Girl's Karen Butler, all our special guests this week. Brought to you by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the third segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me, John Inglesby, at iir at comcast.net. And we're still joined here by Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And, Barry, we're going to talk a little NHL and NBA, and I'm going to start with uh, the NHL playoffs, where on... Tuesday, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time until 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. There were four Game 7s in that 28-hour span. And also amongst that was the Game 6 of the Bruins-Canadians from Montreal. I watched every single one of them, all five of them, shall we say, and... uh, it was just fabulous stuff. Uh, obviously, I'm based in Boston, so both Game 6 and Game 7 I watched. Uh, the Game 7 victory by the Bruins was huge for the organization. They were literally going to go through a major upheaval uh, from you know front office changes to the coach being fired to players being let go had they lost that game. But Nathan Horton, in his first ever playoffs of his NHL career, scored uh, the game winner in OT of the seventh game, and uh, which was his second overtime game-winning goal in this series against Montreal. So pretty impressive stuff. And then I also watched that Game 7, Vancouver Canucks uh, beating the Chicago Blackhawks, the defending champions, uh, out in Vancouver. 
that was great stuff, uh, to say the least. Roberto Luongo come up big when he had to, and that was another organization that had they blown that 3-0 lead in games and lost Game 7, they would have probably undergone significant changes. So, uh, so what were your thoughts on the NHL playoffs? Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the, oddly enough, the first thing, when you mentioned that the four series all going seven games, all I could think was, boy, the NFL would be real happy about that. You know, if, the, if, the, if people in the NFL ran the NHL, you know, they're so, uh, they're so high on parity and everything being even, uh, they, that would have been a perfect scenario for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, how can you, how can you not love four game sevens? And in the case of the Bruins Canadians, which I thought was very interesting scheduling, uh, you had game six and seven being played on back to back nights, which is very unusual, uh, you know, certainly, uh, for, for games of such high gravity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't beat a game seven. Uh, in, a, in a Stanley Cup playoffs uh, scenario for excitement. I mean, I can remember back in the old days when I first started covering uh, covering hockey back in the 80s. Uh, you may you may remember also the first round was best of five, which was even more right. intense, and it was always against a team that was that played that you played against in your division. So you know, uh, you know, for you know, me growing up, it was always the, the Rangers always playing the Island. You know, the Rangers could play the Islanders in the first round, or the Flyers or the Caps in the first round. So you knew it was going to be intense, and it's best of five, so it went it went pretty quickly. So you know you'd have the first two games on back to back nights, and a night off, and games three and four back to back nights, and then game five. So um, yeah, it's kind of conjured up memories of that, and I, I completely agree with you about uh, you know certainly uh, the 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 backstory uh, certainly with the Bruins and Canucks, you know, uh, two organizations that, that that there was a lot of heat on their coaches and on their general on very similar situations for both. Uh, you know, especially the Bruins after, uh, their debacle a year ago in the playoffs against the Flyers and, uh, poetic justice, uh, look who they are going to start playing now in the next round. They get to play the Flyers again. So, uh, you know, very, very different scenario, but, uh, you know, uh, certainly it's going to be, uh, it should be another great series, uh, both of those teams and, uh, you know, the Canucks are already off to others have ever gone and off. So, you know, this is new, exciting ground for them too. So, Definitely a lot of intrigue as the next round of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs begins. Yes, well, the Canucks, of course, had the best record, won the President's Cup, so they were expected to go far, so they could not afford to be ousted in the first round. And the Bruins, Flyers, it's as it should be. Certainly everybody in Boston wants it. Uh, you know, Boston needs to exercise those demons, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned Game 7s in the NHL playoffs are as good as it gets in, in all of sports. But to have two Game 7 overtimes are truly as good as it gets. I mean, my heart was literally jumping into my throat watching both those Game 7s. The other two Game 7s, uh, Pittsburgh losing to Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, when in the final minute of that game, they were down one goal and had a, had a, had a two-man advantage but still couldn't score. That Tampa Bay goalie was out of his mind. And then the dog of the Game 7s, of course, was the Flyers uh, taking it to the Sabres. But, yeah, it's going to be exciting, uh, you know, the next round of the playoffs, and uh, it'll be great. So now we move into the NBA, which, again, is, you know, uh, putting on their own versions of some pretty good first rounds. And I found uh, 
last night's loss by the Orlando Magic to be fairly fascinating as someone who watched the Magic come into the Boston Garden a couple years ago and win a Game 7 on the Garden floor. Uh, They were the first team ever to beat the Celtics in Game 7 in Boston in a playoff series. You know, you just had to think uh, this is a team on the rise. They're going to win the championship at some point. And... Boy, they've gone just straight south since then. You know, they got rid of Turkaloo, who went up to uh, Toronto. And even though they brought him back, he just isn't the same player. So what do you think about the Orlando Magic? Is this the current end, uh, the end of their current run? And has Dwight Howard uh, played his final game for the Magic? It does appear that, you know, uh, the big story of the day is indeed uh, Dwight Howard. You know, um, the Atlanta Hawks come out and, you know, beat the Magic 4-2. to two And, you know, they simply had a, you know, had a high, high energy. Uh, the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, uh, a place that has been known to be fairly quiet through the years. Just ask the Atlanta Thrashers. And uh, now all of a sudden the energy's back and they take out the Magic. And uh, the Magic, who, again, speaking of arenas, uh, in the first year of a new arena, so they have to be severely disappointed. Um, Barry, what are your thoughts on the Orlando Magic? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, certainly a lot more was expected. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard was, they, they, I, don't, I don't think Dwight Howard and his friends wanted to go out so early, but, uh, you know, sometimes that happens in the playoffs. You know, you, you, you get in a little bit of a rut, and then you allow a, a team that you should beat or a, a, a team that, you know, looks inferior on paper, you let them hang around, let them think they have a chance, and then uh, things start to snowball. And uh, I think that's what happened to, uh, to the Magic in this situation. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because I think they, that that would have, uh, you know, certainly uh, made, made things uh, a lot more interesting. Um, I don't know how many people are really into the Hawks that much. I'm not sure how many people in, in Atlanta are into the Hawks that much, but... Um, you know, certainly they did, they did a great job, uh, and, you know, certainly there will be a prohibitive underdog, certainly against the Bulls, a uh, team a lot of people are expecting a lot of big things from this postseason. Well, I agree, I agree, and, uh, of course, another huge, huge series in the Eastern Conference NBA is the Celtics and the Heat, which... It's the one that really everybody wanted to see uh, from the day that um, LeBron made the decision to take his talents to South Beach. Uh, we've all waited. Celtics beat him three to one in the series, uh, in the ser- season series, but yet uh, in the fourth and final game, uh, the Heat beat up on him pretty good down in Miami. So it's uh, it's anybody's game. What, what are your thoughts on Celtics Magic? Or Celtics yeah, Heat, excuse me. That that that's a really intriguing series, I think. In fact, I once once I once I realized that the, that was going to be the matchup. Like, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool. I look forward to watching that. Um, you know, certainly the, the the Celtics have all that experience, and you know, and the Heat uh, with all the moves they made to you know the the whole reason why they they went out and got the big three was to get to this point so that they could you know be on the cusp of taking that that next big step. Uh, you know, to get even closer and uh, to, to put all that talent together. And certainly they, they, they have 
I would say they probably have they have the talent edge, and I think Boston has the experience edge. And certainly, you can never count the Celtics out of of, of any situation. Um, I I actually like the Celtics to win this series. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, I I think seven. I think it's going to go seven, and uh, probably not alone in those thoughts. But uh, I I think I like the Celtics. I think I do too. And uh, you know, the Celtics are getting the most needed thing. They, uh, possible, which is simply rest. They beat, uh, they swept the Knicks. The Heat had to, uh, you know, play an extra game against the Sixers, and that was a pretty grueling game five down in Miami the other night. The Sixers were right there and could have taken that, but, uh, you know, the Heat held on. But, you know, the, the Celtics, uh, one thing I'll say about them is, they are just road warriors, and although it's on one hand it appears disappointing that you know they lost out uh, to get number three in the East, and therefore the Heat have home advantage. Uh, I don't think the Celtics care, and you know, in a strange kind of way, uh, given what they did down in New York last week, and just going back through the years, the way they went in and beat Detroit uh, when they, you know couldn't win an away game a couple years ago the year they won the championship uh you know i just think there's a part of them and they're such a veteran group that they almost like going on the road it's like something to do with no distractions quieting the crowd their ages all those factors seem to come into play and doc Rivers seems to have uh you know just got these guys uh you know psyched to play these road games especially if it's going to be a deciding game seven yeah, um, you know, some teams thrive on that road mentality. I mean, I think you see great teams uh, that will really, you know, they kind of come together on the road. And as you said, there's no, there's no, there's no distractions. There's no people calling them for tickets. Uh, you know, there's no family immediate obligations. So, you know, all that really is for them to do is to focus on the game. And, you know, you, I, think, I think in any sport, uh, sometimes a, uh, playing on the road, will really bring a team together and uh, really, you know, that us-against-them mentality, uh, you know, gets them ready for the night at the arena when everyone's against them. You know, they're, they're, you know there's thousands of people in the arena and uh, it's just the 12 of them. So um, you better be together. Uh, but uh, I don't worry about the Celtics being unprepared in that kind of situation. I think Doc's a great coach, and they certainly, uh, they've, this, whole, this whole group has been down that road, so... They they know what it takes, and uh, you know I think they're still smarting from the end uh, how last year ended for them, and and, and they they're, they're on a mission. So I would expect them to leave leave nothing behind. Excellent observation, Barry. And uh, we're moving here towards the end of this segment, but uh, real quickly, I want to get your thoughts on tonight's uh, Memphis San Antonio game down in uh, Game Six. Could be a clincher for Memphis. Bit of bit of a surprise in this series too. I mean, you know, you, you look at experience. Uh, uh, you know, certainly the, the the Spurs seem to have that. Uh, but you know, uh, Spurs are getting a little little long in the tooth themselves. Um, you know, Tim Duncan is slowing down, and you know, the, you don't you look at their roster, and there's, there's a lot of age, a lot of miles there. And uh, you know, the Mem- Memphis Grizzlies are, are an up and coming young team, and and they feel it's their time, finally. Uh, you know, they they haven't had a whole lot of 
success in recent years. So, you know, maybe it's time for a change in the guard there. You know, it's always, it's always fun to see, see new blood in the playoffs. And, uh, I, I think there's a really good chance that you're going to see, uh, you're going to see the Grizzlies hang on and, 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 and finish San Antonio off tonight. So that, that'll, that'll certainly be a game worth watching. Well, I agree, Barry. And uh, I'm watching Memphis very closely because their general manager is Chris Wallace, uh, who used to be the general manager of the Celtics before Danny Ainge. And Chris lived in my town of Medfield, Massachusetts. I got to know him a little bit. And uh, good man. And... Uh, I'm glad to see his success down in Memphis, and tonight is clearly the biggest game in the history of the franchise, to say the least. So with that said, uh, we're wrapped up with yet another segment, and Barry, again, I appreciate you coming on. You always offer tremendous perspective, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week, I'm sure. My pleasure, John. Enjoy uh, night two of the draft. Thanks, Barry. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the fourth and final segment of our third ever all-around sports show. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me, John Inglesby, at iir at comcast.net. And just a couple of quick postscripts. Uh... In my first segment, with the being here at the NFL Draft, I did not get to my lowlights and bizarre sports story of the week that I like to do with each show. And uh, the lowlight of the week continues to be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Frank and Jim, Jamie McCourt fiasco that's occurring there uh, with Bud Selig, Commissioner of Baseball, having taken over the team. 
And apparently, uh, Frank McCourt went public within the past 24 hours and referenced that Bud is not returning his calls. So that just continues to deteriorate, and uh, that's headed to a very, very bad place, uh, most likely the courts. And uh, the bizarre sports story of the week has to be the Roger McDowell story out in uh, San Francisco where... He's a coach with the, uh, you know, with the Atlanta Braves, and got into a situation with some fans in San Francisco that had some kids with them, and it's a lot of he said, she said. But suffice it to say, uh, it's pretty ugly, and you know, apparently Roger McDowell is being accused of saying that. Uh, Kids don't belong in a ballpark, which is just about as bizarre a statement as is imaginable. And with that said, uh, you know, one last postscript on last night's NFL draft, which was uh, guard Danny Watkins of Baylor uh, being chosen in the first round. And what was fascinating with him was uh, he is a part-time fireman in his native British Columbia. So last night was, uh, once he was picked, there was a group of about 10 or so British Columbia firefighters in full uniform in the first row of the second balcony at Radio City. And they just went crazy. I mean, they were went crazier than even jet fans go crazy. Chanting for Danny, who truly of all the Happy 32 faces that were uh, picked last night. He truly had the biggest smile ear to ear. And as I referenced earlier, they were coming to talk to the NFL Network right beside where I was sitting uh, in the media section at Radio City last night. And as soon as he started approaching the NFL Network announcer before he was about to go on the air, he was looking up, waving, smiling at his fellow firefighters and just saying, I saying to the NFL escort who was with him, uh, you know, I got to get up to see those guys. I got to get up to see those guys. And he did the interview and promptly went up to see those guys. So that was great stuff. Again, he was just uh, so, so happy. And it was really just the highlight of the evening, seeing all that. Uh, so with that said, again, I'm here. I'm in New York City. And as soon as I wrap up the show here in the next few minutes, I'm going to prepare to uh, head over to Radio City, which is about three blocks from where I'm staying uh, for rounds two and three tonight. And the NFL has really set it up nicely where what they're doing for tonight is they're going to have so uh, former greats of the game, many of them Hall of Famers, introducing each of their team's picks. For instance, uh, Richard Dent will be introducing the Chicago Bears pick in the second round. And Anthony Munoz will be doing the Bengals pick. Paul Warfield, the Browns. Charles Haley, who was on the red carpet last night and uh, was very impressive. Uh, you know, also will be doing the Cowboys pick. Franco Harris will be doing the Steelers pick. Uh, <clears throat> Shannon Sharp. The Denver Broncos, Barry Sanders doing the Lions. Jim Taylor, another red carpet attendee last night doing the Packers. And uh, Willie Lanier doing the Chiefs. 
Andre Tippett doing the Patriots, and uh, Joe Morris from Air, Massachusetts. Uh, I used to cover his brother back in the day, Jamie, who went on to the University of Michigan and played at Air High School. Uh, Joe Morris will be introducing the New York Giants pick. Marty Lyons will be introducing the Jets pick. Sure to be to a very loud reaction from the Jets fans. Willie Brown, famous defensive back, will be doing the Raiders pick. Uh, Troy Vincent, now with the NFL, will be doing the Eagles pick. Marshall Falk will take a break from his uh, NFL network duties to uh, come up on stage and introduce that pick. Dwight Clark from The Catch. From Joe Montana, we'll be doing the 49ers pick. Uh, John Lynch will be doing the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks pick. And I had lunch with John down at the uh, Wharton Business School at University of Pennsylvania a couple years ago for some work uh, on, a, on the NFL that I was doing. Tremendous guy. And uh, lastly, it'll be Doug Williams closing out the round with uh, introducing the Redskins pick. So with that said... Time to go to rounds two and three of the NFL Draft. Thank you all for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.